Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth, and we have a great episode today. We're going to be talking about seminary training, and it's going to be great because I'm going to be dialoguing with a seminary student who's getting ready to graduate. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. So we're going to get to that in just a moment. I'm not with Mike Grimes, so I realize that's a bit odd. Uh, I'm not in our normal posh studio in Omaha, Nebraska for The Pactum, but better still, I'm a stone's throw away from the Pacific Ocean. We have been doing our best this week to keep the bad in Carlsbad because we're in Carlsbad, California, having a great time, except this morning I had a first-time experience, first time ever I woke up to a tsunami warning. I, I, never in my life. You know, they had a snow day in Omaha, Nebraska yesterday. Kids don't have to go to school today. There's a tsunami warning of all things, and you should have seen all the surfers out today. We're cycling up and down the coast, and I'm sure that surfers think it's opposite day. Uh, the official said, don't go to the ocean, don't go to the coast, whatever you do, don't get in the water, and I've never seen so many surfers in my life. So, but I digress. We have a great show today, talking about seminary. Uh, again, Mike Grimes isn't here, but I'm not alone. I am with one of the hosts. We won't say why the other host didn't come today. We may say some bad things about him, uh, <laughs> but I'm with one of the hosts of one of the podcasts I appreciate so much. I know lots of our Pactum listeners appreciate it as well. They've got great guests. They interview theologians, authors of note and significance. I'm talking about the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. And today I have with me for this dialogue, none other than Peter Bell. Hi, Peter, and welcome to the Pactum. Uh, thank you, thank you for inviting me. I was like none other than I don't, I don't, I don't see myself that way. But it's it's a it's a it's a pleasure and honor being here. Okay, it sounds good though. None other none than other. True. Peter Bell. Okay, well I know you're a student at the seminary, yeah. ready to graduate. Yep, May. And when I say at the seminary, uh, I'm assuming because earlier this week we were on the campus of Westminster That's Seminary, true. California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Graduating in May, yep. uh, your particular focus has been on something in uh, in particular, or it's been general pastoral kind ministry? Kind of, yeah. So nobody really does a major. Nobody okay. has a, there's not a concentration at Westminster. So everyone has the same 110 credits. Okay. Um, and it kind of depends on what electives you take. Got it. And I've taken a little bit closer, more like concentrated on Old Testament. So I took Aramaic last year. Uh, doing a little bit more like independent study with Dr. Estelle, okay, uh, one of the Old Testament guys. So good, yeah. I, I couldn't say it's a concentration; just more classes in Old Testament. Good. Well, Peter, I call you a friend, and I think we oh, are yeah. we are friends, and we've dialogued back and forth mm -hmm. here and there. But I actually don't know that much about you personally. Mm -hmm. So I've listened to you; I've seen you on YouTube. I don't know if you're single, married, <laughs> kids, no kids. I don't know what the scoop is. So why don't you tell Pactum <clears throat> listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. I'm Married as of five years, so a little okay. over five years. So Good. five years, Good. four four months. I said three months. My my wife doesn't listen to this or my <laughs> podcast or anything. Well, she should listen to the podcast because I heard she's yeah. wise. Yeah, she's 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 a wise woman. But yeah, we've been married since September third, twenty sixteen. Good. Uh, no kids as of yet, so it's we'll we'll see what the Lord brings. Okay. Um, and the plan after you graduate. So we're, we're actually working on it right now. So we, we meet every Thursday uh, for a core group. So we, we're calling it Santa Ana Reformed right now. So it's going to be a URC congregation, same as Dr. Clark, all those guys. 
Um, but we're meeting every Thursday. We started that sometime in October, end I, of October. Well, since I listen to Guilt, Grace, Gratitude, trust me, I know because you talk about it <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to be a a weird reform guy who who talks about his church and try to network it a little bit. Okay. And advertise. So I come from fitness advertising and fitness networking. Okay. So that that's a, what we've been trying to do in the podcast and, and church and stuff. So but. you're going to do like some kind of weightlifting at church and <laughs> funny enough, like that. that was, that was uh, that's kind of a wear real tight shirts like, like Stephen Furtick does. Kind of in the background of my uh, of my mind is is maybe one day having like a nonprofit CrossFit part of the uh, part of the church. But yeah, the the goal is we're we're probably gearing towards it to to plant officially sometime in summer. Okay, um, excellent. So right in downtown Santa Ana or close to South Coast Plaza. If people are in Orange County. Uh, they'll know those two areas pretty well. Okay, good. So if, if you're in the area at the end of our episode today, we will talk about a, uh, opportunities to contact Peter. Yeah. So we'll cover that later. I also would like to know how many episodes you guys have been doing because you guys oh, crank out the episodes. What number are you on? Do you know? Oh, man. If I, if I had to guess, I looked a week ago. I think... I think we're closing in on 200. Okay. Well, I think that's humble of you. That's a good sign that you don't know how many. Sort of know. like when you ask a pastor how many books he has in his <laughs> library. And if they say 5,000. 000- 24.5. That's, that's bad. I think they're arrogant. So it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. All right. So anything else you want to say personally, that kind of stuff before we move on to these questions? Yeah. I mean, before seminary, I was, I was in the fitness industry for six years. Okay. Uh, so I graduated from Biola and then took six years off in the fitness industry, um, helped run big gyms, gold gym, 24 hour fitness. Now, that was what I did before seminary. And I was really, I tried to push off seminary Try to push off pastoral ministry. That's going to be. Time. That's actually going to come up in our dialogue yeah. today. So I'm yeah. th- I'm thankful for that. So it was. Uh, I just didn't feel mature enough for a long time, and then eventually my pastor kept on pushing me, pushing me. as like, hey, you have to go back. Uh, I, I think you're ready. And so God's providence brought us back to seminary. Nice. Yeah. So at Omaha Bible Church, where I pastor, we actually leased out half of a Gold's Gym one time. Oh yeah. To, for church yep. space. Yep. So to the tune of too much money, but we needed space. So <laughs> yeah. there's that. All right, let's get into these questions. I have seven of these questions and I think what's going to happen here is we're going to be able to dialogue back and forth, uh, forth about these things. I've been out of seminary since 1996. Yep. And you're just getting done, so I thought maybe Pactum listeners would like the yeah. the back and forth. Yeah, I think so. This is something I would yeah I would have loved to listen to this four <laughs> or five years ago for sure. And if you're listening today and you're not a pastor, don't plan to be one. Never plan to go to seminary. I think it'll still be relevant because if you're a Christian, uh, you care about pastors, you care about churches, you care about the Word of God and uh, the right administration of the sacraments, mm-hmm. the health of the church. So I'm hoping this is actually for everyone, not mm-hmm. only for aspiring or current pastors. Yeah. So my first question is, why in the world are we even talking about this? Mm -hmm. And I want to state the obvious. We're talking about this today, and we're talking about this together, not just because of the two of us, but because we're we're in a room. We have a great cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. We are literally surrounded in Carlsbad by what I'm going to call a great cloud of witnesses. In the room, we have seminary graduates. Mm. We have current seminary students. We have people who've taken seminary courses. Uh, soon to arrive, we have people who are and uh, have applied to seminary. Yep. And not only that, in the room, there are people who have supported uh, seminary students. Yeah. And so it's it's a great kind of setting for all of this to happen. And plus, you're here, I'm here, we're That's in right. town. It's a great excuse for food too. Heck yeah, yeah. It's we, right behind us too. Oh, we well, it's actually on the grill now. Oh, I've, okay. been, I've been told it's by to our, my right, your left, by a seminary graduate. So we like to talk about food on the Pactum. Sometimes we are about ready to have Cardiff crack 
which it's not a drug and it's legal. I just want you to know, don't call the authorities, but that's what they call it. It's from Cardiff city market. It's their tri tip. And I can't remember somebody in the room know what, which one is, which one it is. They have a Chipotle one. They have a garlic one. What's it's the original. Oh, Oh, I think it's burgundy. The burgundy original one. We had this ship to Omaha. It cost us like a bazillion dollars because we're rich on the Pactum. We had it shipped to Omaha for our uh, elder Christmas party, and it, it's melting your mouth. I, I'm seeing it here f- from a fellow elder. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It is going to be a worshipful experience. Now, Pactum listeners, if you worship the food, it's idolatry. But if you praise God mm. for the food, it's worship, worship. through the food. There you go. So we're committed. And the Bible does forbid gluttony, but there is a category for feasting. That's right. Let's, let's keep things moving. So we're, we're talking about this because it's a good topic, yeah. because it's a good setting. Uh, and we, we do love pastors. Mm-hmm. We love churches. Mm-hmm. We want to see them strengthened so that Christ is glorified. So let's go to the next question, and that is, and we're putting Peter on the spot mm. here because he's a seminary student, and so he needs to know what the word seminary means. Mm. Now, we're here to help, mm-hmm. but we had to look it up last night. We wondered if Peter Bell, none other than Peter Bell, the co-host of <laughs> yeah. Guilt, Grace, Gratitude, knows what the word seminary means. I'm going to guess it comes from the Latin. Oh, okay, good, good. We like that as long as it's a word that... And it probably comes from Socrates, or not, Aristotle. Okay. Like, like discussion or around, I, I, something oh, like oh, that? Would you, if you're going to sin, Luther said sin boldly. So just just make something up and just say it loudly with conviction. Dudes drinking beers, like (laughs) walking around each other and and talking theology. I'm I'm gonna guess. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you here. So you can't graduate from seminary unless you know what seminary means, according to the Pactum. I kid. It it means a plot where plants are raised from seeds. Okay, kind of weird, kind of strange. So uh, it was used in 1580, according to Todd Swift, right? In 1580, it was used for the training of the clergy, mm. right? So it's kind of a good image, right? You go someplace to grow up. You go someplace to grow up from a seed to a plant. So I learned something new last night, and I didn't share the notes with Peter. So let's give Peter a break. <laughs> 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 have you been growing? Uh, in, in oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. During oh, yeah, seminary? for sure. Yep, I know you have. All right, they're going to be easy. No more trick questions, I promise. Next question is going to be this. Uh, why would one want to go to seminary? Why, why, yeah, why be, would somebody go? To be trained in the Bible. That's, I think Jerry Gresham Mason had, had probably the best quote, which is, if you want to be an expert in the Bible or have the tools to grow in your Bible knowledge and to know how to pastor, um, counsel, whatever it may be, I think that's why you go to seminary. It's a, it's a logical system, a logical, coherent system that, that people have done for, for a long time that trains you in the Bible. Yep, good. We, we, we're, we're Machen fans, so we, we, we want to be part of the Machen Warrior group. On the pactum, so I love your answer, Peter. As far as being trained in the tools and the logical part of it and the coherence, yeah. I probably want to add too. I think it's good to go to seminary if you're going to be a pastor to be tested. Hmm. So has seminary been easy? No, <laughs> right? No, yeah, yeah. It's they. Uh, There's a not a rumor, but there was a, a thing two years ago. One of the we had an adjunct or a visiting professor or somebody uh-huh. who was who taught a class and. 15 years ago when he was at Westminster, they called the Navy SEALs of seminaries. And that kind of like died out after a little bit. But okay. he was telling us, like, oh, that makes a lot of sense for how hard we're pushed here. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. You have to learn. You get graded, right? Yeah. Examinations. Graded, yep. Yeah. And it's, it's different from college because we, at least at Westminster, I'm not sure at other, other seminaries, 
But at Westminster, we don't have assignments throughout the year. We just have a final and a okay. paper for most classes. So you have uh, to so learn how to study. You have to yeah. learn how to remember the it's important self-paced, stuff. Self-paced, yeah. So regurgitated. Yeah, as long as you're ready, come come game day, then you're ready. Yep. I think it's helpful even for churches. I mean, sometimes seminaries are bad, and seminary training goes poorly. But ideally, it's good because it helps answer the question: Can this man learn? Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. this man retain information? Yeah. Can he learn what's most important? Can he learn how to teach in a way people can understand? Yep. yep. Yeah, those are huge. And even uh, Dr. Van Drunen, one of his syllabi, or all of his syllabi, talk about his final exam. And usually how you study and how you produce on the final exam is okay. how, you, how that transfers over to ordination. Huh. So he makes an explicit case for about a page okay. on this is why I quiz you this way, because I'm trying to get you ready for ordination and for preaching. Yep, I like that. I, yeah. if, if I were not a pastor and I were on a search committee or something like that, I would want a man who's gone to seminary, ideally, yeah. I, because it, it doesn't tell me that they are faithful. It doesn't tell me that they're godly, yeah. but it tells me they did something really hard. Yeah, they've been prepared in some way. Yep, I yeah. think it's helpful that way. All right, let's move on to the next one then. How about who should go to seminary? So why somebody should go, but if you're going to think about someone else, you could think about yourself mm-hmm. since you, didn't, you started not that long ago. Who should go? What kind of person should go? And that anticipates who, who maybe shouldn't go. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's levels to this. Um, there's kind of the broad base. If you want to get to know the Bible a little bit better, you want to understand the Bible a little bit better, I think there's a broad base that you can start off with. But if you're thinking narrowly, you're th- those who want to shepherd God's flock. Uh, those who go, that, that, that's the, the narrow answer, I think, right. technically, to who goes to seminary. It's, it's you want to be a pastor of God's flock. Because a lot of people want to learn the Bible better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it depends on, are you looking for a more systematic approach to this? Or are mm-hmm. you looking for a breadth of knowledge? Because what seminary does is it forces you to, to follow good study skills. You're paying money for this. So you, have kind right. of have, you, have, you have skin in the game versus following uh, maybe a self-paced, free course that uh-huh. you can say, oh, I'm going to go away for a little bit from this, then come back to it, versus a seminary where you've moved there, you've paid money to go there, and now you have something to do that you can't go away from without kind of consequences. So there's, I think there's a narrow and there's a broad approach to this too. Yeah. I like the skin in the game. It's gonna, yeah. It costs money. Yeah. Not just anybody should go and yeah. incur debt and those yeah. kind of things. Plus, if, obviously, you don't want to go to seminary if you're not apparently gifted. Yeah. And I say apparently because maybe sometimes people go to seminary and they're not, but we at least want them to appear gifted and able. Yeah, at least in our MDiv program, you have to have a pastor's reference. Good. Um, And so if the pastor either doesn't um, recommend you to go to seminary, then you can't go to seminary. But that's that's a big thing, at least within our MDiv program. There's other MA programs that Mm -hmm. are, quote-unquote, more academic-focused. Yeah which may have a different focus, but if we're thinking specifically MDiv, yeah. then that's something closer towards, or at least more specified towards pastoral ministry. Uh-huh. I think it was Charles Haddon Spurgeon who said something. It's been years since I read his book, Lectures to My Students. But he said something to the effect that if you can do anything else, yep. you'll be satisfied. Yeah, my dad told me that many, many, many times before seminary. You're, my, you're, my, my dad, yeah, it's oh, a, not even Spurgeon. I was going to say, I, are you related? <laughs> I, I had no idea Spurgeon said this. <laughs> But my dad told me many times, and it might have come from his pastor. That's, that's good counsel. Um, he, had a, he, had a, he went to a Presbyterian church mm-hmm. growing up. And so okay. I think his pastor told him or something. Um, but he said, if you can do anything else. And so I did something else for a long time until it became readily and clearly apparent that I was no longer supposed to be doing that and go to pastoral ministry. I think that's super healthy. It was, I think there was nothing better. I mean, if I had gone straight out of college, I think there are some who can. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but at least for me, it just wasn't possible. It wasn't. It wasn't wise. It wasn't. It wasn't good. Well, and then in the future, when things are super hard and there's crisis at yeah. the church and difficulty, you're less. I personally think you're less likely to quit. Yep. Because yep. you've already done the other thing. Yeah. You've already yeah. succeeded. You've learned a little bit of life. Learned about um, life. I think it's healthy. Hardship. You've had regular job, and so you kind of understand what a regular job looks like for people, and uh, not so much theoretically what it looks like for other people. Yep. Yep. Number five on the list here of, of questions for our dialogue, and that would be: Let's talk about the role of the local congregation mm-hmm. and what their role should be. I'm not sure what your experience was, if it was a good one or not. The church where you were, mm-hmm. the congregation before you went to seminary. Did they help figure out if you're gifted? Did they test you? Did they examine you? Did they send you? Did they support you? All yeah. those kind of things I want to dialogue about. about. Yeah, they did. They did support me. So I, I, I grew up. So the church that sent me to seminary was not the church I grew up in. Okay. Um, I grew up in a PCUSA church for 18 or so years. Then went to a big mega church in Orange County. Okay. Um, many people who are in Orange County know the, what this church is. Uh, and then when my, my wife and I, when we were dating, we found another church. Um, as we were dating. She was going to another church. I was going to another mm-hmm. church. We found a church together. Mm-hmm. Um, that church ended up being really, really healthy for both of us. Okay. Um, and so the so pastor once, kinda... once you left the purpose-driven life thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Then you went to, to yeah, that. That's, okay. you, you nailed it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, this, this pastor was really helpful. Um, he singled me out kind of. He knew I went to, I, I told him I went to Bible school, mm-hmm. went to Bible. I had a little bit of education in the Bible. So he said, hey, let's, let's give you some opportunities. Super. And as, as he gave me more opportunities, it was increasing it. Then I was kind of involved in the leadership group with deacons and mm-hmm. elders, um, gave me more preaching opportunities with kids yep. and with teenagers, and that, that kind of increased. And then he said, I, I, think you're, I think you're ready to go back to seminary and get trained either to plant a church or be another one of the pastors here. Okay. Um, so they were the sending church to Westminster. Okay. Peter, I think that's a great kind of test case example sample for, for Pactum listeners. Yeah. Because that's an ideal. It doesn't always work that no, way. No, no, no. Sometimes not at all. churches don't help, they don't support, they don't test. But really, that's what we <laughs> want to have happen. Yeah, totally. Uh, we want, we're trying to be that kind of church. I'm sure when you're pastoring, you'll try to do the same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's help people figure out if they're gifted or not. Mm-hmm. And let's give and them And there up. were plenty at our, at our church who um, kind of thought they had the gift, or the yeah. pastor kind of singled them out saying, hey, I think you may have the gift. And then maybe six or nine months later, um, whether the person told the pastor or the pastor says, hey, let's, let's talk about this, it didn't work out. But it was mutual between them and the people that I saw it was mutual sure. between. And so they, they got to see, okay, is this something I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards or um, is God calling me towards this? And, and I'm not being, but they stayed at the church and they were helping other areas. So it's not just saying if you can't do this, then there's sure. nothing yep. else in the there church is a place. Do, yep. But there's always a place. There's a, there's a man coming later. Uh, we'll call him Jeff because that's his name. He's going to join <laughs> us for dinner, but he's a graduate of your seminary as well. Okay. And he told me the story a couple of years ago, how he said, do you remember I wanted to go to seminary and you told me you weren't, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought he was going to be mad at me, but he said, you know what? That was actually really good. Oh yeah. And we tell that story to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's good to be honest with people and yeah. say, you know what? No, yes. I mean, we're not playing the Holy Spirit. No, no. But the best we can see, you're not ready. Let's hold off. We're not playing the Holy, but we have the Holy Spirit. That's a good. That's a good distinction. That distinctions are good in theology, right? That's, that, that's helpful. <laughs> yep. So local churches want to try to test people. Say yes. Say no. Yeah. Uh, I am so thankful to be able to send people to seminary. Yeah. Because when, when I was in seminary, I wasn't really sent, but those men who were, mm. I think they had like a spring in their step. Totally. Yeah. There's, there's accountability, yeah. which is another factor. Mm-hmm. They've been sent. 
I just think it really helps encourage them. Yeah, and there's kind of some front end confirmation or affirmation saying, I think this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's been affirmed by those outside of me, yep. myself. Yep. And that fits also churches can invest and yep. support and give some money to help. Scholarships, we try to do that now. Yep. We also do internships mm-hmm. before and after. That could be super helpful. Yep. So if you're listening today and you're thinking about seminary, what's good, what, you know, how you can help, even if you're not going to be a pastor or, or you don't want to go to seminary, do think about praying for your church. Mm-hmm. Think about encouraging uh, financial, financial support, uh, having internships, sending. And, and I realize sometimes it, it doesn't hurt a church to have interns, but interns almost by definition are learning. Yep, and so they're they're sometimes failing and not doing a perfect job. <laughs> There's a hard learning curve on the front end, and for so sure. I, I think churches can do a great job. Yeah. Church members, men and women, older, younger, to be patient and watch this happen because they're investing in the future. Yeah. So, anything else you want to say about that before we move on? No, I mean, I think for a lot of churches, we maybe it's we look at we single out one person and, and see them go through, and then we have to find somebody else. But it's that constant stream where we're always looking for leaders. We're always looking for help. We're always looking for servants. And that's not just for our church, but we want to see other churches planted Good. as well. And so Good. I think as, if, if we're always looking for leaders, that's part of the role of being a church, is we always want to see more leaders sent out, uh, not just for our church, but to plant and, and see God's kingdom grow. Amen. That's good. Okay. Next question. What should we be looking for in a seminary? What should people be looking for in a seminary? Oh, I've got a list, and I'll bet you have a list as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost is they train pastors. They train pastors in the Bible. That's, okay, if that's if that's, that's their that's calling, yeah. If, that, if that's their if that so like at Westminster, it's for Christ's kingdom and His gospel. It's this is this is what we do. Tra- is, training Christ, His train church to, to in, be expert in the Bible. Exactly. So it's if you're focused on the Bible and maybe yeah, there's some academic stuff. There's some kind of parachurch stuff that we can look at as well. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the curriculum and it's just Bible, 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 that's, that's, the, that's the kind of seminary you want to go to. How important do you think it is for a seminary to be confessional? I think it's extremely important because they have guardrails. And it's not just a um, we're a confessional church because this is what we say. But it's uh, our professors signing under this on a consistent basis. Do they believe this stuff? Mm-hmm. Do they go to churches that profess this yeah. stuff? Not just as the seminary saying this, but are they backing it up with the trustees, those who help support it, the sure. uh, the uh, professors who are teaching um and people can think well why why should we be confessional why should a seminary be confessional because they're not the church but they're training people towards the church so they're training them within the confines of these confessions yes and so it gives us these and so it's you can't have a, a pastor or a professor go rogue and say these are not the things that we hold true to the bible and they can uh, either teach or preach against whatever is within the confessions. Yep. So the professors are accountable as exactly. well. Exactly. Yep. So the professors, and they have our professors have to be called from their church. Yes. Um, to teach at Westminster, especially the, within the denomination I'm in, the URC. They have to be sent by the URC to be a teacher because they've been called as a teacher. Gotcha. Pactum listeners, if, what, by confessional, we mean, the, the word means agreement. Yeah. It means to agree. So we're talking, when we speak about being a confessional church, which we've done episodes on before, uh, and it's significant, to be a confessional church means to be a church that's in agreement with other Christians mm-hmm. um, who've gone before them, who are currently living now and also <laughs> will in the future. So we don't want to be like a cult. We don't want to be a personality cult or a theological cult, just kind of being self self-styled because our pastor's charismatic, has a lot of charisma. Uh, we want to be a part of the once and for all delivered to the saints faith. Mm-hmm. So we want to affirm to 
subscribe to a historic Protestant confession. Yeah, uh, is, yeah. What, is what we're talking about. Yeah, and you, you, this is not the first church to have done this, and so we can look back at the historical church and say these are the things that they believed. This is what we believe as well. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're hand we're hand in hand with them. We're not the first Christians with the Holy Spirit. We're not the first no. Christians. Uh, there's been a long line of Christians. Yeah. So a confessional seminary is going to yep. be really important. So when the president changes his theological position, um, it doesn't mean all of a sudden everybody else gets on board. That would be a personality cult. Yep. We're talking about um, again well worn paths. Um, dating back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. So there is that. Uh, so if I'm making a checklist here, I want a, church, I want a seminary that's going to help train me in the Bible. I also want it to be confessional. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some other practical things or theological things that are important in looking for a seminary. Yeah, um, some, some diversity within the student body, and not just ethnically or, or whatever it may be, but um, kind of confessionally because you can kind of bounce off ideas with them. Right. That would be the first thing I look for in a seminary, though. It's just helpful okay. uh, knowing other backgrounds people are coming from, different cultures, and sure. see how does this culture not necessarily see the Bible. How do they use certain doctrines, and, okay. and how, how are these helpful for them? That's fascinating. Um, but also, I mean, maybe more uh, foundationally with, with the seminary, I, I think the biblical languages are huge, too. It is more helpful to read, I think, the, the Bible in the original languages because you see different nuances, and it forces you to read really slowly. Sure. So you're so coming think, back to being an expert. You yeah. want to study original languages. And, and I think maybe sometimes, I've looked at other seminaries that, that will go through the Bible, right. um, the English translation of a Bible, but uh-huh. if, if, you, if you want to know the nuances within the translation, if you want to see how does this scripture use another piece sure. of scripture, what's the, what's the nuance of this? Um, I, I think it's helpful within the confines of, of teaching the Bible to know the biblical languages um, as well as you can through seminary and then giving you the tools beyond that. So I know a lot to move to something in addition to our list here. Uh, I know that your seminary has emphasized the distinction between the law and the gospel yeah. Oh, yeah. and knowing the difference, knowing they're both important. Yeah. That's on my list. Mm-hmm. If people can't figure out the difference between the law and the gospel and how the roles they play, I don't trust their preaching. I don't trust no. their hermeneutics. I don't no. trust their theology. No, because if you if you uh, if you don't have a distinguish, you will mix your law and your gospel. And then we have gospel. You have the, yeah, and, you have the gospel. <laughs> and, yeah. we, and we've ruined law and we've ruined yeah. gospel. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah you will you will tell people to do this because this will get you closer to God. Or um, if you pray more this week, then maybe God will look at you a different way. Or seven steps to a better marriage, or six steps to healthier <laughs> kids, or whatever it may be. Um, but seeing that not, we're not just placing the law gospel paradigm on the Bible, that it comes from the Bible. That's good. It's, it's the way that the Bible wants us to see it yep. itself. That's good. That's really good. Which also complements the whole redemptive historical yeah. approach to things. Yeah. Yeah. What God requires, what God provides through his son, that the Bible, the whole Bible is a Christian book. Mm-hmm. Including the Old Testament. Genesis to Revelation, yeah. It's all about Christ yep. ultimately in yep. anticipation, then in fulfillment. Yeah. So, yeah, I have confessional commitment to law gospel. Uh, I also want the original languages and things like that, yep. like you said, redemptive historical hermeneutics and preaching. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. one other one I have on my list, and that is I want to go to a place or recommend a place where the faculty is published, where they're mm-hmm. well published. Mm-hmm. Uh, any guesses on why I, as a sender, would mm-hmm. want to know what the faculty is writing? That's right. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, if if they're <laughs> publishing, you, yeah, you want to read them. And is this a place that I, who, when I send congregants or members of my church there, yes. I've already read some of the stuff that they've published. I've listened to their sermons. 
I've yes. seen their lectures, whatever it may be. So I, I have a relatively decent idea of what they do. Plus, they're scholars in their field. They're, they're the top of the game when it comes to their field. And Absolutely. That's also helpful, too. Yeah. Knowing they, did, they didn't just come off the street and teach at this school because they happened to get a master's or doctorate somewhere. That they're, um, They've been tested by the scholarly field. Yeah. That they are one of the best in what they do. Yep, that's, that's well put. That was really important, actually, for us as a local church in thinking through seminaries. Yeah. Because we want to know what our students are being taught. Yep. And maybe we don't even agree with all of it, but at least we know yeah. what they're actually teaching. It's tremendously helpful. Pactum listeners, think about this one. Uh, lots of people say they believe the Bible. They say they believe in the gospel. And so we're a seminary that's Christ-centered and uh, expository preaching and original languages. But if you don't know what the professors actually believe and are actually teaching, mm-hmm. some really strange things come as a result. Yeah, if I can add one to that list, Sure, too. please do. Um, a seminary that teaches you to preach the gospel. It's a within redemptive historical understanding of the Bible, law gospel distinction. When you have preaching classes, the pastor, the professor who's teaching you is pushing you towards where's the gospel within this text? How do we, how do we preach the gospel from this specific text? Good. So that being a Christ centered hermeneutic from beginning to end. And so one of our professor, two of our preaching professors, that's if you don't preach the gospel within your sermon, you fail the class. It doesn't matter how good your research was, how strong your exegesis was. If the gospel was not present, you don't pass that class. Good, good. I like that style, as a matter of fact. And it's not because you're superimposing this artificial no. thing on the scripture. It's actually all about Christ. Maybe yeah. not in, in a minutia sense. No, no. But if you take a step back, maybe another step, you can yeah. see the big picture. Yeah. So we're absolutely all about that. And I, and I realize, Pactum listeners, Peter's talking about his seminary a lot, uh, and I'm thankful that he is, um, and I'm thankful for where he is. But, you know, we actually are thankful for faithful pastors, mm-hmm. faithful seminaries beyond the one we're talking about. And so we're not trying to do a promotion for, for a particular seminary, um, even though they are supporting us financially. I kid. They're not. <laughs> no, but we're, we're trying to speak in more general terms yeah. and not just be specific. Yeah, and there are plenty. Of, I, mean, I, I know other seminaries that do what my seminary yep. does. Yep. I, one thing you, you mentioned, but I'm going to draw attention to it, Peter, and that was you talked about uh, the professors being sent by their church. Yeah. I, I like the fact that seminary – I like when seminary professors are what I'll, I would call churchmen. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're practicing what they yep. preach, Yep. and they're not just – Egghead scholars yeah, no, that don't I, do that's, ministry. That's true, and I think I think one of the, the maybe if you our seminary and then other seminaries as well. Uh, one of the one of the professors at our seminary, Dr. Van Drunen, who I think people just look at as an academic, he preaches the most of any of one of our professors at, at Westminster, two plus times a month um, across the country. Our, our president preaches pretty regularly. Dr. Clark, I think, preaches somewhat. Um, I, I know other seminaries do that as sure. well, which is which is great. And so you can you can look through our our, our preaching list uh, on our website to see where they're preaching at. So you get the you get you do get a sense that they're preaching outside, but they're also members of their local church. Nice, their elders, their deacons, whatever it may be. And so when they talk to us about the church, preaching about the churches because it really matters to them. They've seen it and they've done it. Okay, good. I like it. And Pactum listeners, so Peter talks about Dr. Van Drun, and we, we want you to know that we just call him Dave. <laughs> I, if I call him Dave, yeah, I, I feel weird. It's, as he's a stu- gonna pop, his head's going to pop a, out of the door as, frame. As a, as a seminary student or former one, I totally get it. Yeah. I understand. So <laughs> It's, it's weird uh, interviewing people on our show. And uh, me calling them by their first name, I was like, am I allowed uh-huh. to do this? Yeah, you are. Go for it. All right. So let's talk and let's encourage those who 
ha- can't go to seminary, didn't mm. get to go to seminary. Maybe they are faithfully pastoring. Yeah. Is there a place for that? Is it okay? Are they lesser pastors? Are they second class <laughs> pastors? Uh, and then let's also talk and address those and, and encourage those who went to a seminary that's not so mm. good, that doesn't meet some of the basic requirements. I think between the two of us, we can provide some encouragement. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a good question, a good a good topic as well. And I think those who either can't go or haven't gone, or there's no chance of them going, um, even within their day to day, I think there's opportunities just for for um, learning yourself, being immersed in the Bible. There's plenty of online courses out there, even if you can't go to a, a specific brick and mortar seminary. So there's a lot of opportunities, especially within kind of like the digital internet age. There's there so great resources. Stuff. There's yeah. so there's almost like no excuse. Yeah, yeah. The hard thing maybe is going to be sorting it out. Yeah, it's sorting it out. I think there's also I can't speak for all of them, but somewhat of a discipline issue, and not just like a, you're you're bad, but discipline right. is in a systematic approach. Okay, I don't have access. I didn't go to seminary. I, there's no opportunity for me to go. I don't have the finances. Setting up some sort of schedule. If you can find RTS has a bunch of lectures out there. Yep. Um, I think Westminster has a couple. Westminster Philly has a couple lectures up. There's you can find a bunch of them. I think Monergism.com has a bunch of resources. It's a available. great resource. I yeah. would commend that as well. And maybe some good advice would be, from my perspective, talk to other faithful pastors yeah. and, and try to come up with your resources that way. Don't just try to reinvent the wheel because it's, there's too much information. Yeah, life is too short. Yeah, find the best stuff, read the best stuff. Yeah, listen to the best lectures. And even it, even if it's not specifically being trained in it, though, I, I do encourage as much training as possible. Sure, it's just being a good shepherd of your people. If you love your people, if they know that you love, if they, if they know that you love them, and if you love Jesus and you preach Jesus to them. You're going to be a good shepherd. I think that's helpful. And, and I also would want to say, if, you're, if you've been pastoring and you have a bunch of kids, let's say, and you're married and you aren't close to a school and it's just not feasible, not reasonable, that doesn't mean you have to go to seminary. It doesn't no. mean you're a lesser pastor. You might be 10 times the pastor I am and mm-hmm. I was able to go. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I mean, Spurgeon did not go to seminary. Yeah. John Calvin did not go to a theological school. Yeah. He went to a Juris Doctorate, which you can call it in... Um, when he grew up in France. Right. So there are, there are other ways to do it. But generally speaking, I think it's a good way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. The ones who didn't and are still kind of household names, it's because they're incredibly disciplined. Yeah. And they taught themselves. Yeah. It does remind me also of the fact that sometimes maybe you got a, a pastors, maybe you received an MDiv mm-hmm. somewhere and it wasn't altogether strong. It wasn't what you wanted. But maybe you could enroll in in a D-min yep. or something like that. Yep. Uh, we have an example of that at our church, uh, our congregation, one of our pastors. Uh, he's studying under John Fesco okay. and um, just different professors at RTS because yep. he's trying to bolster his former education yep. because he thinks he needs it. So I think that's helpful as well to think in those yeah, terms. Yeah, and even if you have a subpar, quote-unquote, or if it wasn't confessional or, or yep. maybe MDiv, yep. and you see confessional as the route that the Bible Bible shows us, um, you have some tools from your MDF training that you can still utilize absolutely. and grow. Yep, absolutely. Peter, earlier on, I was kind of taking a cheap shot at your co-host, Nick, <laughs> yeah. but I meant it in jest, just being silly. I do like Nick, but I think you should give him a hard time for not oh, being I, here. I'm, I'm giving him a hard time as we're talking now. Oh, nice. I kind of like that. Yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, he's. I give him a big break because, A, he's, he's married just like I am, right. but he's also got a two-year-old son. Um, he's got a, a kind of a, a booming career that he's doing really well in. And so Good. I think his, his attention's being placed a lot of different places and he just moved two two months ago. Okay. Um, and so I, I jested him a lot. 
Oh, good. But, uh, I really like what you guys are doing. I really like Nick. I'm so thankful for guilt, grace, gratitude. I'm thankful for your desire to be a pastor and what's happening here in the future. I'm also thankful that we can be friends oh, yeah. and fellow podcasters. Oh, yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for being on today. Yeah, thank you. We're, we're, we're super impressed with what you guys are doing at, at the Pactons. When you asked us and technically me to, to be honest. <laughs> Take that, Nick. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I was very thankful and humbled by the request. So th- thanks for inviting me. You are welcome. I'm thankful. So if you want to connect with Peter and Nick at Guilt Grace Gratitude, you can do that on Twitter at Guilt Grace Pod, Instagram at Guilt Grace Pod, YouTube, they have a channel there, Guilt Grace Gratitude Podcast. Or if you'd like to email them, you can email at guiltgracepod at gmail.com. Reach out, get in touch, benefit listen to those great interviews that they do with great authors and theologians and if you want to connect with us at the pactum we are on twitter at the pactum we are on getter at the pactum we are on instagram at the pactum theology or on our website thepactum.org. thank you so much for listening today and we'll see you next time on the pactum mm-hmm.